Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Raziel. I got my man, Nick Brettwish. Nick, how you doing today, buddy? I'm back. It's a uh, it's a great day to be alive, as the once great Michael said. Um, that's my I don't know. I love that line. Uh, it's great to talk football. We've had a scary couple of days. Coronavirus is kicking up again out of nowhere. We thought golf may get canceled today when some guy tweeted that the press conference was happening. Everybody's yes. like, "All right, well, he's going to can golf," and I was definitely petrified as well because i've been enjoying golf just because we get to watch something other than nascar like nascar too but golf's definitely more enjoyable to just sit on the couch on sunday and watch it all unfold but hopefully baseball we got that back what a what a huge win that was for everybody even though it was a disaster and a huge loss for both parties in my opinion but a win for the general public we get to watch baseball again hopefully nothing happens on that end and then football Still looks like we're a go, so let's go. I I like it. That's what we're here for, to talk football, baby. We're here to talk football, talking tight ends, and I say that slowly because I'm typing it into the Twitterverse so everybody can come hang out with us. Let's got it. And so I think, yeah, man, I mean, I'm very excited about baseball, and, and, you know, you're our our elite baseball guy. You're our football guy. you're You're our guy guy, and I think I'm very excited about that because that means we get to talk a lot moving forward with everything starting to come back, and we'll get to baseball. I'm confident about that, but more importantly, yes, we're, we're doing tight ends. So if anyone does not know yet, we are on tight ends now, which means probably we've already done quarterbacks, we've done running backs, and we did a real intense show on wide receivers. I think that one was like an hour 40 long, which was fantastic. We went deep because the wide receiver class is so deep. So this one probably won't go as long. I think we'll have some larger discussions around specific teams. Probably only going to go about 35 deep because at that point, if you're still looking for a tight end, you probably messed up. Um, (laughs) So we're going to want to make sure that people have a good understanding of what these play, where these players are going, why they're going there and some ways that you can maybe head yourself and, or figure out, Hey, maybe this isn't the right time to take a tight end. I know Kelsey looks real good here, but maybe you want to, you know, wait a little bit longer till Ertz or one of these other tight ends. So um, let's start off with a, a little philosophy on you, like for season long. How do you normally go about looking for and drafting a tight end? Because I have made the mistake many a times where Rob Gronkowski is sitting there and I'm just like, dude, I got to take him. Like, how can I not take him? And he totally dicks me over because he gets hurt and then my team sucks. So what is normally, I guess, your philosophy on drafting tight ends in season long football? It all depends on the ADP of everybody and not necessarily the tight ends, but similar to what we talked about with running backs, wide receivers, it's like, all right, if I or quarterbacks, running backs, all that stuff. It's like if I go for a quarterback here in the second round, what am I giving up at the running back position, which is extremely slim this year? We've said mm-hmm. it every single show that we've been on. Wide receivers a little bit deeper. So, you know, the whole wide receiver running back discussion. It's like, well, do you want to go with a guy like Michael Thomas right now and pass on Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, those type of guys, or get Saquon Kamara, one of those top running backs, and get Julio Jones in the second round because his ADP right now is phenomenal. I love getting Julio Jones in every draft that I can right now because he's so affordable. For me, it, it's pretty much the same thing with tight end. Like, I love Kelsey. I would love him in a PPR. I got him as my tight end one. I, I know some people have Kittle tight end one. Some people really like Mark Andrews. I like him too, more for standard leagues though in the red zone opportunity. But uh, it, it all depends. If you're not getting Kelsey, you can wait a little bit for Zach Ertz. I think he's going like 35 picks later. I'm pretty sure Zach Ertz is going to be my guy in PPR and half PPR formats. But every single year you get a guy like Darren Waller last year, like Waller, barely underperformed George Kittle last year. So mm-hmm. 
if anything, if I'm not getting the guy that I want that year and this year I think it's Ertz just based on the price, then I'm going to completely punt the position because there's always going to be someone that comes up. You know, mm-hmm. like we said, with Darren Wallace, is such a perfect example. He was damn near undrafted last year, and I think uh, Hard Knocks got a little bit of love going his way. There's always a Hard Knocks guy the public falls in love with, and the public got it right last year because Waller was a baller, man. Jinx. Sure. No, nope, you rhymed. Nice Trademark. Yeah, trademark that Waller was a baller man. Um, no, and I, and I think that totally. You know, I like that philosophy a lot. Again, there's so many guys. Again, running backs, you're going to really have to make sure you get to as soon as possible. Essentially, unless yes, the Julio Joneses are sitting there, and you can you can snag him as your second round pick. That would be fantastic. We've ca- talked about quarterbacks again in that upper echelon. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Lamar Jackson. You and I are kind of both on the understanding of, you know, we're waiting a while till quarterbacks, and it sounds like we're going to do the same thing here with tight ends, which I'm very excited to talk about. So um, just looking at it, I mean, there's a couple that jump off the page that I'm very excited about that. Well, yeah, I mean, Waller's going fifth, Tyler Higby sixth. I picked up Tyler Higby last year, and that worked out really well for me. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on him. But again, I picked him up. That's always one thing for me when it comes to fantasy. I never want to overdraft someone too early the the following year after they had an awesome year going undrafted because I just don't think the value is going to be there. Even if they double up, it's still the value is not going to be quite the same. So I'm excited to talk to you about that a little bit. So let's just jump right into it, man. I mean, uh, one, two, three, four, five, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller. Uh, let's start with those top two because a lot of people, as you said, really kind of have them those you know one two i mean Ertz is pretty far down there so i'm excited to talk to him travis kelsey number one overall tight end adp of around 21 george kittle number two overall adp around 26 27 Uh, let's talk about those guys a little bit i mean they're going to be going very early i know zach Ertz was going very early last year as well so i'm curious why everyone thought he's needed to drop so far but in your your opinion i mean you said you have kittle or you have Ertz. guess I can't talk tonight, huh? You have Kelsey number one overall, and I'm going to let you go from there. Sure. So Kelsey, absolute beast. And the the difference between Kelsey and Kittle for me is that Kittle is a better blocker than he is a pass catcher. He's more important to that team as a blocker. We know that Shanahan wants to run the ball. He did it all last year. He's going to do it all this year. But Kittle's a freak when he gets open. Yak monster runs, you know, it's mainly everything he does, like a drag route or a post option from, from what I've seen. So, I don't know. I don't think the the run after catch kind of stuff is a little too freaky for me, but he's an absolute beast. It's hard to tackle him. But long story short, Kelsey is the best pass catcher on that team overall. I know Tyree kills there. Hardman, you know, they got a lot of stud players, but Kelsey is the go-to option. The guy gets like eight targets a game. I just don't see anybody else out there. And, and last year, let's see here, the, the Chiefs used the tight end 27.7% of the passing plays. So they got a 27% market share. That's awesome. I think um, 49ers are right around that 28% spot. So it's not like it's that big of a difference. I just have regression going Kittle's way, and they're going to use other tight ends too in, in San Francisco. It's not just Kittle's job because Kittle's such a better blocker. We're also using those percentages, right? I would say the Chiefs probably throw the ball a couple more times than the 49ers. Exactly, yeah. They're not weighted against each other. Exactly. That's a great point. Even though it's a similar percentage, I mean, when you have a percentage of, you know, however many times Patrick Mahomes throws the ball, I don't I don't even know. Um, but compared to, as we saw Jimmy Garoppolo throw the ball eight times in the NFC Championship game, he could have thrown the ball seven times to George Kittle, and those percentages are completely out of whack. But at the same time, 
it's it's not the same. I mean, as you said, he is a yak monster, and it was so much fun. I mean, we watched in the Saints game on that fourth and two or fourth and three play. We watched it in the Super Bowl. We watched him do it all over the place. I just think it's really his statistics were not that like eye popping like they were a couple years ago when he had Nick Mullins as his quarterback, right? And he had, he had that incredible like last couple game stretch where he ended up breaking the record or whatever it was. And I think a lot of that has to do with Kyle Shanahan's offense, which is he doesn't care. He's going to run the ball. And if they're up like they are with their defense being as magnificent as it is and not really needing to throw the ball, like why? Like for me, especially at that number, especially at the ADP, I'm completely off George Kittle and I'm just going to let him do his thing. I want him to get paid too. Like, dude, do it. He's an incredible football player. For fantasy purposes, I am like almost 100% off him. Yep. 100% agreed, man. I am. I haven't drafted Kittle once in any best ball in any standard NFFC season long league, anything like that. I'm just not going to touch him at that price. I have taken Kelsey at the 12 spot. So I've been way ahead of the curve on the whole 20 ADP right now, just because, you know, it doesn't matter. I guess if I have 12, I had the 13th pick too. So I just go Kelsey and a running back right away. If I don't have the opportunity to get that stud running back, I want, you know, picks one through six. If I'm not in that spot, I'm not going to get one. So I got to do something different. And I just think Kelsey, pound for pound, the best tight end in fantasy football, maybe not the best tight end in football, but definitely the best pass catcher. I want everything I can, you know, I want to get him as much as I can. It just all depends on where I'm at in that draft spot for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and talking about draft spots. So Kelsey, again, you know, he's, he's around 20. There's really not too many. That's really the wide receivers are going in that range. Uh, for Kittle, around 26, there's a few running backs. Again, as we spoke about, Leonard Fournette is actually right at 26 as well, 26.5. Melvin Gordon, 28. Todd Gurley, 28. So there's definitely there's a few running backs. Uh, I'm not super high on really any of those, those guys, so I don't really, you know, we'll see what happens there. But for Kelsey, I mean, you can be taking potentially Tyree Kill, Holy Jones, uh, Chris Godwin, I mean, so I would, again, probably prefer one of those dudes. But at the same time, I, I could justify taking Travis Kelsey at 20 because, as you said, he's the number one target, essentially. He's the number one pass catcher in the most pass-happy offense. So you can't really argue with it. And I understand, again, you taking him at 12. It, it definitely makes sense. But Kittle, again, way too many other people I'd rather take um, than him there. So let us hop down. So then there's a very big gap which is, again, the scary part with taking George Kittle at 26 because the next tight end off the board, Mark Andrews, 51, Zach Ertz, 54, Darren Wallard, 66. So we'll, we'll talk about the, the the other two, Mark Andrews and Zach Ertz, a little bit. I know you said you really like Zach Ertz. I like him a lot too, considering what he's just done in his entire career for some reason. Eagles fans are trying to trade him for Jamal Adams, uh, so I don't really understand that. And, uh, you know, whatever, that's fine. Do what you got to do, Eagles fans. But um, how, do you, how do you feel about these guys, especially Mark Andrews going from very low owned, very um, drafted super late last year to now being, you know, one of the top tight ends coming off the board. I like him a lot now because Hayden Hurst is gone and Nick Boyle actually had more targets last year than Hayden Hurst, but they were running three tight ends out there. It really didn't matter what the, what the down was or anything like that. All three of them could block. Mark Andrews is a good blocker too, but he's, I think he's just such a stud in the red zone. What do you have last year? 15 red zone targets. So a little less than Kelsey. I think Kelsey had 20 years a little over 20 let me see get that for you. yeah 20 on the button so i like andrews but i it's hard to handicap greg roman's offense after one year you know they want to run the ball too and i don't know I, they it's it's scary to me it's scary that mark andrews had like you said earlier he has one really good year was probably a waiver wire pickup last year and now he's going second or third off the board from the tight end position when that's 
proven commodity that's there every single year. 135 targets last year for Zach Ertz. Dallas Goddard got over 80, so you know this team loves to use the tight end. I don't have Goddard projected for over 65 targets this year. I think it's going to be all Ertz now that they have some help from the receivers. I don't see Philly running the with a two tight end formation as much anymore with Jalen Rager and hopefully Elshon Jeffrey finally gets healthy. I, I know that'll never come, but yeah, come on. Let's get right. But they got, fantasy. I know it's fantasy football, but let's not talk in fantasy land. Nick. Come on. All right. Yeah. But no, I mean, Zach Ertz, 135 targets last year. He does it every single year. The guy catches everything. He had 19 red zone targets, 22% of the Eagles passing market share. So just give me Zach Ertz. I know Andrews is sexy. He's a new thing in town. Going to score a ton of touchdowns. I think Andrews is a great play for best ball. And so is Ertz because the floor is always there. But Mark Andrews is going to have higher a higher ceiling most days, I think, just because the the two or three touchdown ability is there. We saw it many times last year. But building my season-long teams around consistency is what I'm really trying to do. And Zach Ertz does it every single year, guys. Just don't be cute with it. You could wait a little more. You know, what is the ADP on Andrews there? 51 and Kittle's three picks or Ertz's three picks later. Just go with Ertz, but if you've got a feeling on Mark Andrews, I'm not going to talk you off of him. I just don't want to pay such a price hike from a guy that was undrafted last year. Yeah, I think, again, you know, as we saw with the Chiefs a couple years ago, as we probably will see with the Ravens this coming year, I mean, there has to be some sort of regression in that offense, right? Like, it was insane what they did last year it will be so hard to duplicate it let alone be better than you were the previous year i mean that's just going to be damn near impossible at that point so i agree with you i would absolutely wait a couple extra picks or even if you're picking right there um what was the number 51 i think we said it was i would probably just go with Ertz at that point just because i think you know he's as you said tried and true he's been there he's done that he keeps doing his thing and we actually got a little uh oh so uh one thing i want to plug so i actually interviewed adam kaplan of um NFL insider, fantasy sports, uh, radio show host, huge Philadelphia guy. He knows a lot inside the birds podcast. Uh, so that episode is actually going to be coming out next week. And he had some information. There we go. Interesting information. I'm having tongue twisters all day, man. Uh, interesting information on Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. We're not breaking any news or anything, but he, he actually thinks they're going to run that two tight end set a little bit more than you do. It sounds like, and I don't know, Nick, I, I might have to lean with Adam Kaplan. But sure. I don't yeah. know. I like you. I like you a little bit more. I get to talk to you more often. So that's got to count for something. Um, but uh, we actually do have a user question. So anyone out there that wants to ask us some questions, I mean, we're live for probably another 30 minutes. So why not? Let's get them in. Uh, Jimmy Wagner, who was a champion of his league. Jim, congrats, dude. Very well. I'll drink to that, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. So he is, uh, he's keeping Lamar Jackson. And he has the first pick and then those back-to-back picks. So he wants to know if he's keeping Lamar, does he take a running back and then Kelsey? Uh, It all depends who's there. Like what other keepers are in there? So that's a good question. Like what running back, if all the studs are taken, because it's not, you know, like you said, it's a keeper. I would assume most of the premier running backs are gone. But if there's, you know, one or two bell cows out there, like even Josh Jacobs, I think I would consider him if assuming all the other bell cows are gone, you know, maybe Mixon's out there. I love Mixon, man. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what kind of situation he's in. If you could send in the most information possible, kind of Josh Jacobs, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh Jacobs is there. Uh, yeah, I'd be all for that. If you can just get, make sure you get one bell cow running back. If there's two bell cow running backs, I think I would go running back, running back here, Jimmy. But it all depends on who's available because, it's again, I don't have all the information to give you the best answer. If you want to tweet at us later or send a picture or whatever, DM me. 
would be more than happy to talk about it because any football talk is better than no football talk. But I don't hate the fact that you're uh, considering Kelsey because I think you're giving yourself by far or not by far, you know, one of the two best fantasy quarterbacks with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Jacobs fell in love. I, I love him this year too, man. His usage is going to be through the roof. So I would love to get a guy like Josh Jacobs there. And if there's another one, if Joe Mixon's maybe available or – I don't know what a, I don't have the running back sheet in front of me, but uh, if there's two bell cows, I think I'm going there. But if not, I am fine with a guy like Josh Jacobs and then wheel it with Kelsey because you got one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. You got one of the top 10 running backs in my projections on your team. And then Kelsey by far the best tight end in fantasy for me this year. So I don't like it. I mean, I, I do like it either way, but I would love to see what other running backs are available because if you're 20 picks apart, you're probably going to run out of running backs after Josh Jacobs. Yeah, so grab grab them while you can again, as as we Nick and I have been saying, mostly Nick, but I kind of just parrot what he says because he's much smarter than I am. Running backs are going to go quick. You're going to need to grab them. You're going to need to do what you do there. So appreciate it, Jim. If you want to, hop in the Discord. It's free for three days. And you can talk to Nick and ask him all the gosh darn questions you want, and he would love to answer them. We promise you that. And also follow him at Sticks Picks. Uh, so that way, again, you guys could just chit-chat all you want there too. Yeah, so, much love. Moving on uh, a little bit. So again, you know, one of the darlings of last year, Darren Waller, I saw him on many teams that won their fantasy football playoffs, fantasy football championship, because he pretty much came out of nowhere. Same thing like Mark Andrews, most likely was a waiver wire pickup. He had a awesome week one, I think, and then an awesome week two. And then from there, he was completely snatched up, especially with as thin as uh, tight end was last year. It felt like looks like it's a little deeper this year, but I think it's still going to be just as thin. So how, again, you know, him coming off the board this high 66 overall. So it's not a crazy, crazy number, but the fifth tight end off the board again coming from. So we have two in the top five, three in the top six, if you count Higby, that pretty much came out of nowhere from last year. I, I, I don't know, man. It just that that kind of scu- stuff scares me again. It's going to be very difficult for him to what did he have? 90 catches, 1100 yards. 12 touchdowns, something like that. Like he, he was pretty damn good last year. Yeah. Only three touchdowns. That was the, yeah, that was the problem with me. He was PPR gold. Did I have the other numbers right? 90 catches on the button. Okay. Nailed it. (laughs) No, yeah, but more of those went for touchdowns, but I guess that's on me. All right. No, I had him too. I picked him up and because I punted tight end last year, I didn't get the, uh, the guy I wanted early. And so I was like, all right, I'm done. I'll, I'll wait till later. I ended up, I don't know who I, I think I drafted Jacecki because that's my boy and he was not ready to go in the beginning of the year. So I picked up Waller right away, rode him, but he just doesn't score touchdowns. But all right. So here's the thing with Waller for me. I looked at when I was doing the Raiders projections, I saw that um, Waller had 28% of the passing yards market share in Oakland. That is insane. They drafted rugs. I, I mean, that's like, that's Travis Kelsey numbers. I'm sorry, this guy's not Travis Kelsey. I, I'm never going to believe that he's going to get 28% of the passing yard market share and even 24% of the, of the target share. So I got him, I think, right around 20% target share and 19% of the passing yard market share. So that's a big drop, but I do have him projected for seven touchdowns. So what we lose in catches, you know, targets, passing yards, or receiving yards, sorry, we should make up some of that in the touchdown department, but touchdowns are so volatile. Like, it's so hard to project a touchdown. Like, I don't even know what games I had. I think I had him scoring two in a game once, but, like, how the hell do you actually project that? Some people project, like, a quarter of a touchdown per game just to kind of cop out and have it balance out towards the end of the season. I don't ever do quarter touchdowns because you can't score a quarter touchdown, but pretty difficult. Right. So I actually try to just go box score by box score every single game, but 
I don't know. It's exactly what you said again. He just jumped out of nowhere, but he's a really good route runner and he's a better pass catcher than he is a blocker. So I'm all for him if you get him at a good price, but it seems like we are not going to get him at a good price. So 66 divided by 12 was at like the end of the fourth, early fifth round. Yeah, that's way too early for me. Yeah, I, I would rather go get, you know, Hayden Hurst way later. The guys like that, Austin Hooper, I don't really like in Cleveland as much. Mike Jacecki, like we'll get into these some other we'll guys. I think I, I think if you don't get Kelsey and Ke- or Kelsey or Ertz, fade, go late. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my take on it. I'll just keep it easy for you because yeah. Waller could be great, but he's not going to pay off immense value in the fifth round. I'll tell yeah, you. That right I, now. I think uh, with Rugs coming in, I know they drafted Lynn Bowden Jr. as well. Uh, Another yep. kid from South Carolina. I can't remember his name. Off the, it's like a Brian is coming to my mind, but I don't really remember his name. I, I don't know, man. I think they added too many weapons. I know I did a little research on the Raiders for last year um, for, for a serious show that we have. Oh, by the way, Win the Daily Sports on Sirius XM 210 87, 7 to 9, Saturdays and Sundays. You can come hang out with me, Jason, Sia, Nick's over there every once in a while too, especially around football and baseball season. So excited to do that some more. But... Did a little research, and I don't think another wide receiver on the Raiders had more than 50 catches. Um, I actually don't think any of them reached 50 catches, which was pretty insane. Waller had 90. Everybody else, I think um, Josh Jacobs didn't have as many as I thought either, but it was just such a weird number, and now with them adding so many more receivers and weapons, it's going to be so, so difficult for Waller to repeat what he did. As you said, though, he had a couple touchdowns, too. It's kind of an easy way to at least kind of balance out what happened last year because three touchdowns just sounds so crazy low. That's weird. Yeah, for a guy that's on the field that much, he's going to get more touchdowns. It's yeah. just like you said, yeah, Hunter Renfro was second on that team with 49 catches. So it was just such a huge yeah. bump. But there we go. Like I said, Waller's not going to steer you wrong. He's. I just don't think he's going to pay off. Like you can get so many other better receivers in the fifth round, running backs in the fifth round that we talked about in the other shows. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. keep sending those out or maybe even redo them come August if we're getting mm-hmm. ready to draft and ADPs are flying off the roof. I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. But, I yeah, long story short, Waller, he's just not sexy to me. Good pick, good for your team, fills a hole at the tight end position that many teams are going to have an issue with. But I think we can get we can uh, find some mm-hmm. gold here later in the draft. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And so moving on a little bit to another guy, again, just kind of came out of nowhere, especially towards the end of the season. He became very hot and his numbers were awesome. As I said, had him pretty much just rode him through the playoffs, uh, made it all the way to championship game that I screwed myself over. But Tyler Higby in L.A., um, you know, now they got rid of Brandon Cooks. They don't have Todd Gurley anymore. Not that either of them were that impactful last year anyway. How do you feel about Higby's sixth, uh, sixth tight end coming off the board at ADP 80? Same story as Waller for me. Uh, but, yeah, Higby only had three touchdowns, but they came late because that's when he started playing a lot more of a Gerald Everett. But, I mean, I do like that Cooks is gone. I do like that Gurley's gone. Like, he he's one of the best players on that team. Higby's a mm-hmm. super, you know, very talented guy. I had my eye on him years ago. I always thought he'd finally get a chance, and he looks like a brick shit house. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to tackle him. Most tight ends in the NFL, I don't think I'd want to tackle, if not all of them. But, it's the same story with Higby. I think we're just falling in love with a tiny sample size. McVay has never been a guy to abuse the tight end. Last year was the first time I think ever that he's had um, 25% market share of the tight end. And I think that was kind of just because they had to. Mm-hmm. Coaches and, out most of the year. Yeah. Robert Woods couldn't catch the ball. Cups, uh, C- Cooper Cup was out most of the year. Like who, who was there really? 
Yeah, it was Robert Woods and then Ty Gurley with one and a half legs. So they had to do something. I, I give McVay credit for, you know, finding ways to score points when they had to do it and get a guy, you know, rolling there late with Higby. But, yeah, I don't know. I've, I haven't drafted him once. I don't see myself drafting him once. It's the same thing with Waller. I mean, the touchdowns may go up because he's going to be on the field a lot more and right there from week one and on, he's not going to be fighting for playing time. But I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, it's just it, we're starting to get to the point now, like how many of these tight ends are very can you really rely on? And now, I mean, we're only at six and I'm starting to look down the list and it starts to thin itself out pretty quickly, in my opinion. So I'm excited to continue to talk about this because you, you do eventually need a tight end. Right. And that's yeah. always the argument that I make with myself is I would rather reach for Kelsey and know I have one of the best tight ends in the league than try and play the waiver wire and find the Higby, find the Wallard, because that part is much, much harder than trying to figure out who your wide receiver two is or who your wide receiver three is compared to Travis Kelsey. So that's that's kind of the internal battle I always have with myself. I'm always wrong, so maybe don't pay attention to me, pay attention to Nick, but it's always very interesting. So moving on, uh, a couple more guys that actually are in uh, similar uh, areas in terms of ADP. We have Evan Ingram at 90, Hunter Henry at 94. And what is the common theme with these two guys, Nick? I'll answer it for you. They don't play football because they're always hurt. Are you even bothering with either of these guys this year? Because I can tell you, I they're like if you want four awesome games, yo, take both of them. But other than that, what the hell's the point? Ah, oh, man, I want to believe in Evan Ingram so much. I mean, Me too, he, dude. Run, he runs a faster forty than most wide receivers do. He's a freak athlete, not much of a blocker. So you know, when he's out there, it's to be a factor in the passing game. So that's what I like. And the Giants threw it to the tight end over twenty three percent of the time last year. Cannot say the same about the Chargers, and I will not say the same about the Chargers this year either. So, if anything, I would love to have Evan Ingram if I had to choose one of these guys. But, like I said, the whole Zach Ertz, the whole Travis Kelsey thing, the best ability is availability on our fantasy teams. If we are reaching for one of these, not necessarily reaching, if we're grabbing one of these top-tier tight ends, we better get production out of them. I hate to say that Evan Ingram's going to get hurt because it's New Year. You know, maybe he's healthy. He no. changed the workout regimen. I don't know, but he's <laughs> odds are that he's going to get hurt. But when he's out there, I think he's going to be very productive. I think if you want Evan Ingram, you just got to go to DFS and, and play him week by week when you can in the right matchups and everything because you know he's going to be healthy going into the game at least. Mm-hmm. You do not know he's going to be healthy going into a season or for no. a full season. So I, I, I would love to take Evan Ingram. Just can't do it. You're a Giants fan. Tell us yeah. about it. I, I can't stand it. It's just, he His talent is insane. I mean, whenever he is on the field, we saw, I think, against – I mean, it was against the Bucks and uh, the I think Daniel Jones' first start, he – like a hundred and something yards, a couple touchdowns, dude is an animal. And then it's, it's a hamstring. It feels like every single year it's a hamstring and it always happens. And then we know he's out and then the Giants suck. So they, I think last year and the year before they probably could have taken him off IR, but why are you wasting? I mean, you're already one of the worst teams in the league. You're not going to take him off IR if that's the case. So then they didn't. And you know, he plays like, I don't know, four or five games. So it's pretty useless. Uh, he, his talent level is insane. What's going to happen guaranteed is the Giants have him for this year they picked up his fifth year option he's gonna get hurt this year he's gonna be amazing in his fifth year go get paid and then just become you know hurt again I mean that's just you know I I want him to get paid too always for the players getting paid but it just doesn't make sense same thing with Hunter Henry dude's incredible but if you can't be on the field why like why are we gonna try and draft you when there's you know a couple thousand dollars on the line in some of these leagues I don't know I promise you I will have 
Evan Ingram at the top of my board multiple weeks in DFS this year when I know that opposing linebackers are going to be playing man-to-man against him. It's uh, You can't do it. So we will – We'll make you money with Evan Ingram, but I, yeah, I wouldn't sign off on drafting him. But if you like him, if you got a hunch that maybe he's healthy, or if you know someone in the Ingram household that maybe he changed his diet or something that causes weird injuries, I don't know if that correlates, but someone out there smarter than me in the health world could could tell you if that holds water. Yeah. But yeah, it's tough, man. But let's just make our money on Evan Ingram on the right DFS matchups because linebackers or safeties cannot cover this guy man to man. So we'll pick the right weeks where they are going to play man to man and we'll take Evan Ingram to the house. I love that. And same thing. I mean, with Hunter Henry, I think the most important thing we have to remember is again, it's not Philip Rivers. What has Philip Rivers done his entire career? Throw the ball to Antonio Gates. Every time Hunter Henry gets hurt, Antonio Gates comes back and he still throws him the ball when he's like 95 years old. Philip Rivers isn't there anymore. You're going to be relying on Tyrod Taylor and maybe, you know, a part of Justin Herbert, who I think kind of sucks. So again, I'm, I'm totally off him. I mean, if Evan Ingram falls far enough, maybe, but I don't know, man, it doesn't make sense to me. And the thing that also doesn't make sense is the two guys that come after them. You know, we have Austin Hooper was absolutely fantastic last year, albeit in Atlanta in a one tight end set, essentially, uh, where he's not going to be, you know, have as many weapons. Granted, Julio Jones was there and Jared Cook of New Orleans, who was fantastic last year. Um, so Austin Hooper at 112 overall, Jared Cook at 113 overall. How do you feel about these guys and where they're going? Pass and pass. Couldn't pass harder on either of them. Yeah. Hooper that we talked about, Stefanski, it is the running backs that are going to get the ball in the red zone. He doesn't get cute with it. Yeah, I mean, he'll dare the defense to stop him three times. If he's not going to Chubb, he's going to, he's got Kareem Hunt there too. They got Odell, who's impossible to cover and, you know, runs great fade routes right there in the red zone. So I don't know. I don't see people are just drafting Hooper because of Hooper last year. So mm-hmm. take, if you want Hooper, actually take the guy that's in that system this year, and that's Hayden Hurst. So wait, well, how many? Picks? Only a little bit. Yeah, so 10 more picks, give or take, 8 to 10, 6 to 10, whatever the math is. Just you're not drafting Hooper. You're drafting the system that the Falcons tight end produced, and that's going to be Hayden Hurst this year. So I want nothing to do with Hooper. I want nothing to do with Jared Cook. Again, maybe we play Jared Cook in DFS. I don't think I'll ever play Hooper in DFS this year. I will never take a Stefanski tight end for the most part. I'm let, yeah, I mean, not with that roster. There's too many miles to yeah. feed. I, I mean, Stefanski tight ends did something last year when Diggs was out or when Thielen was hurt. So they had to do something. But that Cleveland team is just so loaded on offense. I don't see it happening for Hooper at all. Maybe Why he gets not? The, I, the target share is not going to be there. Why not Jared Cook, though? I mean, he was – He's been pretty solid the last couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah, let's pull up Jared Cook. He had a ton of red zone targets last year. He had, no, no, it didn't. He only had ten. Taysom, or Josh Hill had twelve. So <laughs> they run a lot of two tight end sets. Then Taysom Hill's out there, and they signed Emmanuel Sanders, who I love in the red zone, even though he's a little slot guy. I think that dude makes people miss with the blink of an eye. Still got it. He's not too old yet. And then they're going to run the ball too. So it's Michael Thomas first. He had 26 red zone targets last year. Jared Cook only had 10. So yeah, the backup tight end had more red zone targets than Jared Cook. I don't, I don't like it. I think Jared Cook's fine in DFS on big shootout weeks where the Saints are playing in like a 55 total game or something like that. But no, for me, again, let's just go to Hayden Hurst out of these two guys. If you got Hooper, Cook, hopefully Hayden Hurst is still there. Take Hayden Hurst or wait for one of our other guys coming up in a bit. Yeah, so Hayden Hurst is going right after Cook, only about five picks later, uh, 118. 
obviously, again, we saw what Hooper did in the system last year. I think a lot of it comes down to how does the Falcons defense look? And they still don't have a running back unless you consider Todd Gurley and his one and a half legs a running back. So I think he I mean, I feel like he's going a little high as the 11th tight end overall. But now that I look down the list a little bit, it kind of makes sense. But I mean, I don't know. Hayden Hurst was a complete bust with Baltimore. Mark Andrews comes in, finally takes that job over and they're like, all right, Hayden Hurst, we can kind of just get rid of you. We don't need you anymore. Do you think it's that system? Do you think it's the skill level? How, how much, like when you're weighting that algorithm a little bit, how much is it, you know, what that Atlanta system is versus, you know, the actual talent and skill level of Austin Hooper? So for, for me, when I did my projections for the Falcons, I had them trailing often. So the pass attempts are going to be there. They threw the ball over 680 times last year. I believe that has to be first by far first i think the bucks were second with 630 give or take around there i don't count um punters throwing a pass or anything like that because i can't really project that or handicap that yeah i don't think the falcons defense got that much better they're going to be trailing a lot and matt ryan loves to throw the middle of the field kelvin really really doesn't play the slot they lost muhammad sanu julio really doesn't play the slot that often hayden hurst i believe is a freak athlete we all saw that uh twitter video of him doing the weird shoulder press thing if you haven't seen it look it up it's it's hilarious it's it's the weirdest exercise ever i don't know why anybody would do it it looks like you're gonna tear your rotator cuff or something but i've always been a fan of hayden Hurst's talent i think it was just kind of bad luck in baltimore with some injuries too he just never panned out they don't need him anymore they got nick boyle who's you know more than capable of being out there and being a blocker and that's really what greg roman wanted anyway andrews mm-hmm. it's more just blown coverage every time andrew scored or he's in the red zone he's just too big of a body to cover so for Hayden Hurst, it's the team that's going to pass like crazy. Matt Ryan likes the tight end. Hayden Hurst is going to have a good year. I love that value. I would not be surprised if Hayden Hurst crawls his way into the top eight come August what? when we're all doing our uh, friends and family drafts that we we like to do live and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I think Hayden Hurst's team is just going to keep continuing to go up, and if it doesn't, keep continuing to draft them. I love it. That's some good stuff, man. And then so uh, your boy. Mike Kosicki. Uh First off, why do you love him so much? Penn State dude, great at Penn State. Has didn't really do anything last year. I mean, what is it about him that you love so much? Oh, he he came on last year. I, well, okay, Jacecki is he doesn't even play tight end. He plays slot receiver. I don't know if a lot of people know that. When you watch Miami game, he lines up in the slot all the time, and I, linebackers can't cover him. I love him. He should be in Canton right now, if you ask me. Oh, put him, put him in the Hall of Fame right away. Dolphins fans, that's at <laughs> S-T-I-X-P-I-C-K-S. Uh, you can go give your congratulations and praise to our good friend Nick over there. Um, <laughs> moving on to Dallas Goddard. Uh, this is a hot name. We always hear about it. The Eagles, you know, the, again, the fan, the Eagles fans are trying to trade away. I know not everybody, but it's fun to generalize now, right? That's what the media does. And where I guess technically the media. Uh, Eagles fans are trying to trade away Zach Ertz for Jamal Adams because and I don't really, I guess I quote unquote, we already got Goddard, so who cares? Um, you don't seem as super high on him. Adam Kaplan, again, he seemed like he's going to be he's pretty good. But again, going this high, taking a second tight end at this point, and a known second tight end, like the only way that this is as valuable is if all their wide receivers get hurt, again, hard to believe, and or Zach Ertz gets hurt as well. Again, he is always available. Yeah, he might be nicks and bangs and everywhere, but he he hasn't missed significant time off the top of my head at least. So why like why are people reaching for a number two tight end this high as the thirteenth tight end overall going off the board? I don't know. I don't get it. It's the public's wrong on this one. If 
Yeah, if Rager's healthy and good to go and as good as advertised, and if Kaplan's right, like that, I don't see how this team ever runs that much two tight end set ever again. So that's what it for me. I mean, the only way you're going to pay off value with Dallas Goddard is if Ertz gets hurt, and I'm not going to handcuff a tight end ever. Yeah. So if you're drafting Goddard, it's because you believe they're going to run the two tight end set all year long because they have to because somebody has to catch the ball. I think this team's going to get a lot better. They were pretty good last year, too. I know their defense sucked, but they came around towards the end of the year, and I think this is just the Eagles or the Cowboys division. They're not going to get cute with it. I just don't project them playing too tight end set. I don't think Peterson wants to do that ever again. So, yeah, I'm out on Goddard, and I guess we're done with Jusecki already, are we? Oh, did you have more? I'm sorry. I thought 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 once you said you're going to put him in Canton, I thought like that was pretty much the argument. Give me what you got. No, you're good. No, you're good. Just it's another team that's going to be trailing points often. And Jacecki hardly played in the beginning of the year. He's more used as a blocker, and then they realize how good of a pass catcher and just getting open as a route runner that he is. Second in the team in targets with 89 targets, 11 red zone targets. So I got his touchdowns and his red zone targets going way up. He's, I think for me, he's tight end eight on my record. So my ranking. So you get a big discount compared to the public if my rankings hold true a little bit. Yeah, sorry. Just for me in this area, Hayden Hurst or Mike Jacecki, this is where I am trying to get my tight end this year. Mm -hmm. If I don't get them, then I will completely punt. But you could, you know, what round is this? Round 10, damn near. Round nine, round 10. You should Mm -hmm. be getting your tight end right now. So if you can key your draft on getting Hayden Hurst or Mike Jacecki and pretty late, you know, even if you wanted to roll the dice on on Gronkowski, I wouldn't hate it. I just think, you know, I don't know how he's going so late. Like, the public's kind yeah. of smart on that. They're like, no, we're not buying into it. I'm cool with Gronk, I, but I'd rather have just Hayden Hurst than Mike Jacecki because I think they're going to be such a crucial part of a team that is going to be trailing points all year long and passing. You know, if Tua comes in there, I think, you know, they, they say that about rookie receivers that they're mm-hmm. going to stare at the at the tight end. It's not necessarily a tight end. It's a slot because it's their first read and usually a mismatch with guys that are, you know, linebacker or a safety covering them. And Gasecki, like I said, plays a slot. So you're drafting a receiver at the tight end position. You can't really say that about anybody else but Kelsey, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. Waller. But, All right. Yeah. yeah. And and that makes sense. And I appreciate the uh, the the thorough nature of that, especially because you love the guy so much. So I'm all about it. And it makes sense. You know, I I, I do agree with you. You know, he is a he is a freak. Um, I've watched a couple Penn State games being up here in the Northeast. So watching him play was fun. Uh, he's just a, an insane athlete. So I'm crossing my fingers for him. Uh, I think he would be a lot of fun there too. And uh, so you say Rob Gronkowski. So we can take this conversation one of two ways. We can talk about, you know, I'll run the conversation, Nick. Yeah, Thank you very much. Um, no, so you, you talk about Rob Gronkowski. I'm very, very confident his ADP goes up. Uh, no questions. Asked. You know, who who's drafting right now? Freaks. Uh, people like you and I who are talking about fantasy football 24-7, 365. When our families start drafting, I'm very confident people are going to be like, my mom, like, I could get Rob Gronkowski in the 10th round. This is awesome. And then she's going to go and grab him in a 10 team or an 18 draft. And she's going to freaking love it. And you know, Hey, worse things have happened. But before we talk about Rob Gronkowski and the Tampa Bay Buccaneer tight ends, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. So two guys that went very, very early in the real football draft a few years ago, Noah Fant out of Denver, Hawkinson out of Detroit. Neither of them were very good last year. Uh, I think Hawkinson week one, completely blew up and he was one of the waiver wire you know people that everybody was grabbing and then i don't think he did anything after that no that day too so <laughs> and no offense if i'm not mistaken did pretty much nothing all year drew lock comes in he had like a couple games um 
but now they're going to have a couple more wide receivers there as well with Judy and Hamler. So I'm curious what to think there and Cortland Sutton, the God Cortland Sutton. I think if, I think you trademarked that one too. So. I think yeah, he's going to be Canton too. Him yeah, just, heard, they could just carpool. I was going to say make their butts <laughs> and they can bring them there themselves. Um, how do you feel about those two guys? It's their second year. I know you're, you're big on the second year for tight ends, not so much that rookie year. How do you feel about them moving forward um, with your, your fantasy football team? Man, I, I love font for best ball. I mean, the dude will multiple times, his big games are like three catches for 120 yards. So yep. not sustainable. You do not want to ride those hills and valleys in your season long team because you're going to get, you're going to get games where Noah font may not score, or, you know, he's going to have the two to four point games that just absolutely kill you. You lose your matchup by six and there's some waiver wire tight end that went up for 12 points that week. And you're like, damn, I'm going to pick him up. Then you're going to bench font and font's going to go off for 30. It's a nightmare. You don't want to do that. I would say if you want Noah Font this year, play him in best ball or play him in the right matchups in DFS, which we will tell you when those right matchups are because I love studying linebackers that cover man coverage against the tight end, and there are going to be multiple weeks where Noah Font is going to blow the doors off the opposing defense. But I do not want to ride that that Hills and Valleys train, like I said earlier. But Hawkinson, I'm down with. The Lions through the tight end 22% of the time. That's a pretty good market share. I think that's sixth or seventh in the NFL. I think it's only going to go up with Stafford again. And they realize that Hawkinson is a very good pass catcher. He's a good blocker, too. He's a big dude. I don't love him. I know some people are like putting him as the poster child because they just remember that game last year against Arizona. But everybody destroyed Arizona. That was always the plug-and-play thing in DFS is take the tight end against Arizona and you're getting them at 60% ownership, which is just absurd. But it worked out all the time. But, yeah, if there's anybody, I'm going to go with Hawkinson. 15.6% of the red zone targets went to the tight end. I think the Broncos are way down there where they at here. 13%. So 2% is a big difference with these biggest sample sizes, but the Broncos are going to be a run first team and the Lions should be trailing early and often. I know Patricia would like to be more of a run heavy team, but the game scripts just go out of hand so quickly. And I don't think that's going to change this year either. So give me Hawkinson, give me a team that's keying up plays to get their big guys open in the red zone. Cause they don't run the ball in the red zone. It's going to Marvin Jones. It's going to Galladay or it's going to Hawkinson. So the touchdowns are going to be there for Hawkinson often or the touchdown opportunities. And that's what I would side with here. No font. Again, you just never know. They brought in Melvin Gordon too. So they have mm-hmm. three capable running backs on that team. If you want to call Royce Freeman capable, but no, I don't uh, want to call Royce Freeman capable. I still believe, but just yeah, even I like hey Adams, I think you're the guys you got, you're the only <laughs> two out there that do. And no, I, I love your, your, your understanding of, uh, you know, obviously, Matt Patricia does want to run the ball, but if you're always down and you have Matt Stafford, who like just seemingly has some, he breaks records. It feels like every year for most passing yards, most touchdowns at age X, um, which is crazy. So is he a hall of fame quarterback? I don't know. If you don't uh, he's, win a games, he's a hall of fame effort guy. Matt yeah, Stafford, but, not walk in the stadium and take a playoff. That dude is a gamer. And I love him. The, the broken rib. Mm-hmm. Mike up video. Have you seen that one? I, yep. I can watch that all day when he it's just like crying in the huddle and he still throws a touchdown. The guy's like he's, starts celebrating. He's like, fuck, don't touch me. I like that. Um, all right. So then so font is 14th off the board. Hawkinson 16th, font 125, Hawkinson 135. So wait the 10 picks, grab Hawkinson, it sounds like. So the next part of the conversation I want to have, and this will be a little bit, you know, probably a little more in depth. So we have Ron Gukowski. 
the first of three Tampa Bay Buccaneer tight ends that can potentially go off the board at 132. We scroll down the page a little bit more at 178. We have OJ Howard potentially coming off the board. And then we scroll all the way down to 35. We have Cameron Braid at 278. So most people aren't even going to get that far in their draft. And so I'm assuming people just think Cameron Braid is pretty much done at this point. Of those three, it's they're in like this really weird position because obviously Tom Brady loves Rob Gronkowski. He pretty much asked him to come out of retirement and come play with him down in Tampa Bay. Make an extra 10 million bucks. That doesn't hurt, but... How, how do you feel about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I mean, just pass catching core because they also still have, um, you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans over there as well. And I think I'm forgetting another wide receiver. They can't possibly play all these guys at once because that's not how offense works. Are you fading all of them? Are you waiting to see? Are you going to grab one just to see if you make the right choice? How are you looking at that core? That's it's so tough. In any draft that I've really had that decision, Tom Brady's been falling pretty late. So I'll just go with him to get my exposure to all the above. Love it. But I know season-long drafts, you're not just going to be like, all right, I'm getting Tom Brady. Uh, I, I don't mind if you do. If you have that mindset, I trust him. You know, he's he's the GOAT. I think that this is the best set of weapons he's had in the last eight years minimum. So it, it, that you got that going for you. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're running the two tight end set. I don't see Gronk coming back to football to specialize in blocking. I think that's where mm-hmm. Brakes is going to be the best. OJ Howard is, you know, solid at it, but he's much better pass. I mean, I don't even want to say mm-hmm. pass catcher because he fucking drops everything. But yeah, he's not a very good pass catcher. I think I think this will be a good spot for taking a flyer on OJ Howard in your best ball leagues because again, they are gonna run the twelve, the two, the twelve set, the two tight end set. And I don't know. I, I still trust Gronk. I don't I don't want to kill like I know like you said, so many people out there that don't really have the time to put this much effort in the fantasy football are just gonna be like, oh Gronk, he's going mm-hmm. really late. Like they may take Gronk as like the fifth tight end off the board yeah. just because Gronk, but I oh, man, that's such a hard question. Like, does anybody know the answer to that? To me, I'm not dra- I'm not keying my draft on that. Like I said, I'm trying to get in that Hayden Hurst Jacecki. Like mm-hmm. that's the hardest question that I have to answer. If I'm not getting Kelsey, can I get one of those two? I'll reach around on one of those two. But I mean, Gronk could be a league winner. Like you yep. know the the chemistry he has with Brady. You know how skilled he is. But he's only 30, 31 years old. He's not that old. He should have fresh legs. He lost a lot of weight. He's really big into CBD, which he claims is the the mystery drug for body healing. Which I actually put it on my knee sometimes. Feels great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. It's such a tough decision. If you want to take, I would like so. I bet you so many people right now are taking two tight ends and just taking Gronk and put him on the bench just to keep him away from their opponents, which may not be the worst idea. I usually don't take two tight ends unless it's a big league with a lot of roster spots, but that's the hardest question you've asked me all summer. Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. I'm a bad question asker then. That's, that's on no, me, man. It's, that's on. It's because no. we've been so dialed in. Now this one, it's, it's I really different. don't know. You really yeah. don't know. It's it's going to be hard. And again, like I, it's so weird. Cameron Brait was awesome. And then they're like, nah, we need OJ Howard. And they get OJ Howard. I think it was like top 10 pick, complete waste. I mean, here's the thing. If you don't get utilized in college, like I understand there's upside to athleticism, but oh man, am I boring you that much? No, no, no. Late night. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, it never made sense to me taking him in the top 10 if he had like 15 catches at Alabama. It's like, no, I think Nick Saban would have figured out how to work him into the offense if he's that incredible. Um, and it's very clear that it just hasn't panned out at all. So I don't know, man. With Rob Gronkowski, with Cameron Brait, with OJ Howard, 
I'm probably going to fade all of them and not even worry about it. At that point, I already hope I have my tight end one. And I, like you, unless my tight end one just sucks and I'm not happy about it, like I have Evan Ingram and Hunter, or Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper, I'm going to probably grab a second one. But at that point, I don't know, man. I don't think you know, there's really a need for it, especially in most normal leagues, you know, 10 uh, 10 people in, in, in a normal amount of roster spots. It's going to be difficult to roster two tight ends unless one of them is Rob Gronkowski. In that case, I mean, hey, you never know, so it can't hurt. But um, moving on a little bit, now we're, we're, we're starting to get to the depths a little bit. Uh, so we're at 142 overall, ADP, 17, Janu Smith, uh, Tennessee. I guess Delaney Walker's not there anymore. I actually have no idea where Delaney Walker went. And 18, uh, 18th tight end coming off the board at 148, Jack Doyle. And the 19th, Blake Jarwin out of Dallas, 155 overall. Um, Jason Witten is not there anymore. They tried that two years ago. It didn't work. So I don't I don't know if anything's going to be different this year. But <laughs> of these three guys, does anything jump off the page? Um, is it the systems? I mean, Indy. Yes, like, yes, when, yes. You, said it, you said it earlier. I'm going to quit. What did you say earlier? I don't remember. I talk a lot, dude. It's about a quarterback, 90-year-old tight end. Oh, uh, I honestly have no idea. Philip Rivers and Jack Doyle. Oh, damn it. Down now. Um, Eric Ebron, where do you go? Pittsburgh. Jack Doyle is, I love it, man. Mo Cox is probably going to be in play a lot more to block Jack Doyle, Philip Rivers. Get ready for it. I'm cool. All right. Now that I, I didn't know Jack Doyle was going that low, I thought we already just brushed over him, but I would definitely take Jack Doyle over Noah Font. Would definitely take him over Dallas Goddard. And I would 100% take him over Johnny Smith. If I was starting my own team, I would draft Johnny Smith because I think he's a freak athlete. But, again, as a whole, that team's not going to pass the ball or get mm-hmm. a lot of themselves to ever get in a shootout because they're not built that way. But I like Jack Doyle. If you don't get Hayden Hurst or Jacecki or Kelsey or whoever you like that we mentioned earlier, I don't think we've been a hard pass on anybody for the most part. But regarding their ADP, we have. But if, if you disagree, by all means, we don't know everything. I'm very, very, very okay if you had to go to war with Jack Doyle as your tight end one, but you better have stud running backs and wide receivers. You better have at least two running backs that you can count on every single week, getting you 12-plus points and a lot of touchdown equity, and you better have just guys that are getting A-plus targets at the receiver position, and I am 100% cool with Jack Doyle. I, I love that spot for him. I've been taking him at best ball all the time, but I don't necessarily think Doyle's a best ball guy. I'd rather have like Gronk in the best ball spot because, you know, he's going to get a game or two where he gets two plus touchdowns, you know, six catches, 100 yards, all that good stuff. I think Doyle's just going to be safe. Again, if you have those running backs, those wide receivers that have your high floor, high ceiling, I think Jack Doyle is going to be good for, you know, seven plus points a week. And you can't really say that about many other tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I made a good point. Philip Rivers loves throwing to his tight ends. I just kind of forgot I made that point. And I think again, you know, all... especially. Yes, so that's where you. Doyle, we need Doyle to shine in the red zone. He makes some good routes. He like, he's a good, uh, he always does the box out, you know, like the basketball box out kind of just does a mm-hmm. quick turn. Boom. Balls there. Philip Rivers will put it on the money every time. Jack Doyle. Love it. Jack Doyle. I love it. Yeah. Johnny Smith, uh, you make a great point. Tennessee's not going to throw the ball too much. Blake Jarwin. How do you feel about him? Him. And then Eric Ebron actually comes right after him. Anything with those two guys that, I mean, eh. if I had to, I'd take Jarwin. But again, I think every single person listening to this should already have their tight end by now. Yes, so exactly. Don't have to go to war with Blake Jarwin because I cannot say the same about him as I can with Jack Doyle. You know, the Cowboys drafted CeeDee Lamb, mm-hmm. Michael Gallup, Zeke Elliott, Mari Cooper. How much room is there for 
a guy that hardly got any snaps and he's been there for like three or four years. So exactly. Yeah. Does, doesn't do anything for me. Witten with, you know, at age 52, I know Jarwin looks good some days, but no, just go with Jack Doyle. He is a good player. If you get this late, preferably yes. you get someone before that, but exactly. Hopefully you do Eric Ebron. He had that one great year with Andrew Luck and is still getting paid for it. So kudos to him. Congratulations there. Ian Thomas, Chris Herndon, Irv Smith, and then we get to OJ Howard, uh, Greg Olson on Seattle. That one's actually kind of interesting. I forgot he went to Seattle. How does, does that do anything for you? Any of those guys actually do anything for you? I don't want to love you know, Ian Thomas, but I hate Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater so, because can he trip yep. down to Ian Thomas? That's the real question. Sure could. I mean, they're going to be chasing points a ton as well. So I, I don't hate that spot, but there's already like, 15 tight ends, so we'd said we'd be okay with being our, our tight end one. So hopefully Ian Thomas is just a bi-week filler for you on the bye, you know, on the uh, waiver wire. If you had to play him one week where they're going to be a 10-point dog, which they're going to be often, I'm cool with running out Ian Thomas. Herndon, no idea. Ebron, uh, I still like Vance McDonald too, so I don't know. I mean, Big Ben likes the tight end too in the red zone, so maybe a DFS play, but I don't want to play that, you know, which tight end is it this week game. Greg Olson, man, he just won't retire, will he? No, he won't. But how do you feel about him in Seattle? That's kind of, uh, I don't know. They love their tight ends in Seattle. I don't know. We we got a question here. Jimmy, again, would you draft a player who has tested positive for COVID? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If he tested positive already, I think that's probably a better. I'm no doctor. I would assume it's a better thing now. But oh, yeah. I, does anybody know? Can you get it twice? Like you're not just—it's not chicken pox where you get it once and it's gone forever, is it? I, just, I don't know how it works. That's a question for Doctor Fauci, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't think any of us are. Uh, I, I mean, COVID's going to happen everywhere. So here's the, here's the thing: Are you going to draft Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, yes. yeah. So, so yeah. I think it's subjective. Now. Yeah, it's a good question, and I appreciate it. Thanks, Jimmy, for uh, for hanging out with us tonight. I do appreciate it. Uh, I think it's subjective. I think it comes down to who, uh, right? Like there might be this straw that broke the camel's back, where it's like, well, you know, he was sick for like two weeks, and he doesn't really look that good. So maybe I'm gonna fade him. But again, I'm still gonna draft Zeke. I don't even think that's a question. Yeah, like if it happens in camp and it's a raster, uh, roster, by, <laughs> raster battle, raster battle, uh, a roster battle then for sure that could hurt somebody. You know, again, we said earlier, best ability is availability. If someone that's fighting for a job out there, fighting for the tight end one, tight end two, wide receiver three spot gets COVID, then yeah, that sucks. I would definitely probably fade that because you know they're they're either going to get sent to the practice squad after the quarantine and then have to, you know, claw their way back up three or four weeks later. We can't really have that on a fantasy roster, but I don't know. That's a we're all in that same world right now. So I guess your your guess is as good as mine, but I like Michael's answer the best. It's you know subjective. If the guy's irreplaceable, I don't think it'll matter. But yeah, I don't know. I hope we don't have to ask that question all summer long, but we we probably do as a yeah. you know as a world right now. So mm-hmm. it's not a bad question at all. I'm sure everybody's thinking it, but I just wish it would go away. Obviously. I, I like your answer too. Like the closer to camp, the more worried I'm going to become, right? Like sure. it seems like if you get it once, you're fine. You don't get it again. But again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know how viruses work, so I can't really say too much about it. But if you start to get a little closer to camp, in camp, the the one week I'm terrified for is when somebody tests positive after a game. So now all these teams, both teams 
are just kind of stuck and then they're all sick and then we you know we, we might have canceled games this year i mean that's not really that inconceivable unfortunately so no. when, when we get there though we will uh we will cross that bridge um irv smith another bust kind of a waste in minnesota you can get uh kyle rudolph a few picks later about 70 picks later i'd probably just go with kyle rudolph uh jay sternberger He's somebody that you've said a few times, and you were pretty excited for him. Jimmy uh, Jimmy Graham is finally not in Green Bay. Um, what are What are your thoughts on 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 Jace? I there? love Jace. I think Jace is a stud. I think he is should run the majority of the routes out of the slot. If they're smart, they'll take a page out of Flores' book at Miami and put you know, like Jaceki goes to the slot. Sternberger should go there. They're the same type of build, same type of athleticism. Sternberger's an absolute beast. He he was on the IR for most of last year, so you, you probably don't really know a whole lot about him. If there's any absolute dart throw or any tight end that I want to draft as a bench tight end, like a stash, I'll, I'll usually never do that with a tight end. I'm going to get Sternberger in all my drafts, I think. And I think in best ball in our uh, Went Daily one, someone took him before me and I was pretty pissed off because I was waiting for him to beat my tight end. I think I just drafted three. We had 25 man roster, though, so three is nothing. But, yeah, I love the upside of this guy. They didn't draft any wide receivers that are, are going to get playing time, at least, and they only brought in Devin Funches. You know, maybe that's interesting. I'm not a believer in Funches, but he's a big body. Could be something in the red zone. But I think that this is just a wide-open door for Sternberger to just command a target share, build rapport with Rodgers, because we know Rodgers is kind of like Brady. He only throws who he likes to. If you if you have a couple bad games and drop a ton of balls, Jerome Allison, his whole damn career, you know, a Rod's not going to look your way as often as he should. And Devontae Adams is the Wait, only. You said A Rod. I think I think you meant Jordan Love's not going to look your way, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe in three years, Sternberger and Jordan Love could be the duo three years from now. But no, I think that out of all these guys like Dawson Knox, there's not really much upside in Buffalo. You know, they want to run the ball, and Dawson Knox. Yeah, I like Dawson Knox. He's a talented player. But Greg Olson, you still got Will Disley in Seattle, so it's like. And then we were talking about Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. This, you know, it's the other, the whole, what tight end is going to go off this week. Sternberger is the only guy there that should see relevant playing time. Gerald Everett, he's in this conversation too, but you know, you got um, Higby. Tyler Higby. Yeah, so like, all these guys are like tight end timeshares, which is the most disgusting phrase I've ever heard. I would never want to invest in one of those. Get Sternberger, man. I, I don't I'm not confident enough that you could plug and play him week one, but he will be something that will be on my DFS radar once I kind of see how that team is meshing. And I know Matt LaFleur wants to use the tight end way more. He did it in uh in Tennessee and he did it actually a decent amount. I think they were like 18% market share when he was under McVeigh, but McVeigh called the play, so I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want to say that's Matt LaFleur's influence there. They barely used the tight end last year. I think it was like 15% of the time, 17.6% of the market share. Which yeah, but their tight end was Jimmy Graham, man. Like, come on. Don't hold that against Jay Sternberger. That's right. not his fault. <laughs> yeah, no, Jimmy Graham's a good blocker too. So it's like, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't really use Jimmy Graham because he's 50 years old. But I think Sternberger, if they put him in the slot, this will be a breakout player that we will be talking about come fantasy playoffs. And we so. have it. On receipts, uh, we got June 24th, I think. Yes, June 24th, uh, 9.23 p.m. Write it down. Sticks, picks, got it. Uh, uh, two last ones. Well, actually, we already kind of made the Jimmy Graham uh, joke, so I'm not really that worried about it. Darren Fells, he is probably the starting 
tight end. Uh, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. So that means that target shares open up. Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks will be hurt. So that means they're going to be throwing the ball to like Albert Wilson and Randall uh, Cobb, my favorite. Randall and Randall Cobb. Cobb, yes, for week one, but he's going to get hurt too. Come on, let's all be honest here. How, how do you feel about Darren Fell's understanding, again, under the assumption that he's probably going to be tight end one there? A lot of targets to the tight end in Houston last year and the year before that. So I like it. I still, still think they got uh, Jordan Akins. Not sure about Jordan Thomas if he's still there, but it's, you know, Aikens led the team in targets last year with 55. Darren Fells at 48. I think Fells missed a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Or no, he didn't. He played 16 games. So I don't know. It uh, felt like it, he missed it, a lot of time. Yeah, it sure did, right? He just sits on the bench maybe. But uh, seven tight or touchdowns to Darren Fells, but the targets are not there. The yards aren't there. You're playing the red zone game. I just get a better situation. Just just take uh, Deshaun Watson if you want to invest in the Houston passing game or Randall Cobb because Randall Cobb is my uh, big time sleeper for PPR leagues. Yes, uh, week one we're playing Deshaun Watson and Randall Cobb in a stack. If I'm not mistaken, I'm assuming we'll we'll fill out the rest of the stack as maybe time moves on. But we already know a couple on the one. Just put whoever in there. I love it. Um, good stuff, man. This was fun. Uh, we did tight ends. So we've done quarterbacks. We've done running backs. We've done tight ends. I'm going to make sure that they're all linked together. So if you listen to this one, you can go listen to the other ones. Nick does a great job. I think he makes another good point. We'll probably do this again towards, you know, fantasy football season when some of those drafts actually start to come out. We'll probably just pack one entire week with these. Yeah, we can just uh, do like, you know, the the stock price pretty much of like guys that are skyrocketing or plummeting. We can comment on those because everybody, you know, we don't need to tell you to draft. Travis Kelsey, like you're, you're going to know that now you're going to know that now. always. So yeah, you are, you should know that always, but Nick, appreciate your time as always. Where can everybody find you on the internet? At sticks picks on Twitter. That is the only social media I have. I'm not an Insta guy. Obviously I have this mustache. Maybe I should get an Instagram. Yeah, that'd be cool. You know, it's for the gram. All the kids are saying, but mm-hmm. oh, great time. Thanks for having me uh, again. Just a recap. I think you can wait plenty of rounds for your tight end. Get a guy like Hayden Hurst, Jaseki, Jack Doyle, and then, you know, take some upside with Sternberger later, maybe Howard, Gronk. There's plenty of guys with upside, Hawkinson. But, you know, you can't go wrong with getting Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, Mark Andrews, Waller. I just want that to be known. But it's a lot of different ways you can go with the tight end. And, again, I think it all goes back to day one when we talked about running backs over quarterbacks. It's just such a slim draft for running backs that are going to get the ball 15-plus times a game. So, I don't know, do some best ball drafts right now and kind of see how it goes. And you'll, you'll start to get a feel of when you can get the guys you want or how'd you miss them and how could you adjust later? That's pretty much the whole thing I do right now is when I see a team, it's like, oh, I don't love it. Where did I go wrong? And we don't even know if I went wrong yet. It's just, you know, my opinion on where I went wrong, but it's a lot of fun. Could talk about the stuff for days. Thanks for having me, Mike. For days and days and we will, I promise you, but baseball's up next. Um, so I'm confident we're going to be doing a couple baseball shows, if not next week, the week after to get ready for baseball season. But yes, make sure to get at Nick. Um, yeah, I feel like we do have to start you an Instagram page, but just have it be pictures of your mustache. I think that's it. Daily right. pictures of, of Nick's dash. Let, shoot. I already got the handle for you. Grab that while you can. Nobody else out there. I appreciate it for Nick Brettwish at stick picks sticks picks there we go i'm michael raziel at michael raziel one and let's make it a profitable night everybody <laughs>